Hi, it's Bill Woods again, and I'm just thinking about Christmas and hoping that you're having a, a good time planning for your Christmas celebration, hoping that you remember what it's all about. It's Christmas time, and somehow society has managed to miss the whole meaning of what we're supposed to be celebrating. We've flooded the celebration with a fat man in a red suit riding in a flying sleigh full of toys with reindeer and then a red-nosed reindeer and elves and trees and ornaments, wild drunken parties, gifts, a kid pounding a drum in the stable. I'm sure Mary would have really loved that noise after just delivering a baby. We have every kind of commercial sales being advertised and just about everything except what the day actually means. It's like a group of friends planning a birthday party for their friend John. On the day of the party, they get together and they play games, they eat refreshments, they dance, they exchange gifts. They have a wonderful time. Finally, all long ways through the party, somebody notices that John isn't there. They say, where's John? Uh, and uh, they begin to look around and they said, well, we were so busy planning a party for John that nobody remembered to tell him to come to his party. You know, that's what has happened to Jesus. It's his birthday, but nobody has thought to include him for the most part in the celebration. Imagine if on your birthday, everyone gave presents to each other, but never had a present for you never included you in the celebration, how would you feel? You would be hurt. Well, that's what we do to Jesus. We should include Jesus in his birthday celebration because he included us in his plans to have us be with him for all eternity. He has provided the most wonderful gift for each of us, the forgiveness of sin and eternal life with him in heaven. Uh, what a wonderful gift salvation is. We need to find Christ as our personal Savior. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. When my daughter Tammy was growing up, she tried to memorize this as a little kid, and she always said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only forgotten Son. And I'm afraid that's what's happened today. She had a real insight into what's happening in society. See, Christmas is a special time. Christmas is a time for wonder. We read in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. King James says taxed. This was the first registration that Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. And he went to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were filled with great fear. 
And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those who, with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. You know, a tour group stood with many other tour groups and a great crowd of people at Westminster Abbey. One of the guides said, Christmas worship has been conducted on this site since the first century. One American tourist in the crowd was deeply surprised at that statement. A sense of wonder came over him. He said, that's amazing. What a marvel that it's been going on that long. His sense of history had been so conditioned by the 245-year history of his own nation that he was overcome with the awe and excitement. Today we look through Luke's eyes at the greatest wonder of all history. There lies the little town of Bethlehem. A decree from Rome has temporarily swelled its population. A couple comes into town. The woman obviously near the time of delivery of a, uh, her child. Since the inn is already full, they find shelter out in the barn where the animals are kept. I know so often that people blame the innkeeper and say, well, he should have found some place for them. Certainly he could have found a room, maybe his own room, to let them have, uh, have it when he saw her condition. But I want you to know, we're, we're just as bad as the innkeeper when we don't make room for Jesus in our lives. That's all he did is he just looked at the prophets and he looked at the things that were going on. He did find shelter for, for the couple. Soon the child is born. Angels announced to nearby shepherds that he is Christ the Lord. That's amazing. That's marvelous. You know, maybe in the rush of our activity, we need very much to recover the wonder of God's gift to us. There is a wonder in the method that God used. How would you reach a rebellious and needy planet? What would you do if you were in God's place and the people you've created turned their backs on you and on everything that is good for them, turn down the warnings of what is to come if they don't accept your plan and they will end up in hell, most of you would lose patience begin using force. You know, that's the usual pattern. Okay, you guys, shape up or you're really going to get it this time. I can make Sodom and Gomorrah look like a walk in the park compared to what I can do to you if you don't straighten up. Some of us might attempt to reason with them. You're really only hurting yourself, guys. 
You really need to find that plan that I have for you. God chose to become one of us and bring us lovingly and gently to himself. His thought is, let me help you get your life together to be forgiven of sin and to come and live with me for all eternity. You know, there's a wonder in God's choices. Maybe we think we could have planned it better. I mean, just a few miles from Bethlehem is the city of Jerusalem, the capital city of Israel. Israel's life revolved around Jerusalem. It was a center of worship. It was the center of culture, a center of government, and the center of business. Now, wouldn't that sound like a logical place for the birth of God's Son? Many important people were in that city. I mean, there were rulers and priests and lawyers, men of position, men of royalty, prestige, and, and acclaim. But God chose a simple village. He chose common people and an unpretentious environment for the birth of his son. He did it so that all of us could be included in his plan. Why was the little baby Jesus laid in the manger? I mean, that's a feeding trough for animals. Such a humble birth would include all spectrums of society. If his birth was in a palace, that would make some people wonder if they were good enough to be included. These simple circumstances would include rich and poor, the whosoever. Thank God, no one is too bad or too low to take Jesus Christ into their hearts as their personal Savior. There was once a poor drunkard who woke up one morning in a strange kind of bed. He could feel something near him that was warm and soft. Finally, it dawned on him that he was lying in a stable close beside a cow. He laughingly, grimly thought, uh, you know, of where he was, and then he began to think about breakfast. Where am I going to get breakfast? In his mind, he went over those who might be persuaded to help with the meal. No, I can't ask any of them. They would say I've fallen too low. Then he heard the bells ringing and realized it was Christmas Day. What was that story about the shepherds and the angels and, and a baby in a manger? Well, he thought he wasn't the first one who slept in a stable. And he thought maybe the reason he slept in a manger was so he could help fellows like me, a fellow too low for anyone else to help. There and then, the poor outcast knelt and prayed the prayer of the publican, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That's amazing. You know, there's wonder in God's timing. Caesar Augustus, Augustus had issued a decree that everyone go to a city of their roots to be taxed. Again, isn't, uh, it's, isn't wonderful how Rome cooperated to get Mary to Bethlehem, the city that was prophesied over 700 years before to be the place of the Messiah's birth. The might of Rome had reached out to conquer and rule much of the civilized world. Where Roman world rule was set in place, Roman order became a reality. But something was happening in the hearts of men and women across the Roman Empire. There was a sense of emptiness that was growing. 
old beliefs and practices were being led as, laid aside. People were searching for something that would bring fulfillment into their life. The time was right. Roman law had united much of the civilized world. Roman roads had made travel easier, so people were able to get across country a lot easier than they had been, so any message that had to go out would be easier to get out to the far parts of the country. The Greek language had become the language of trade across the Roman Empire, and this happened because of the influence of dispersed Greek merchants. The Jews' concept of one God had been planted in most places by dispersed Jews. So, as the Bible says, the fullness of time had come. You know, if we can temporarily remove ourselves from the race of the season's activities and take a fresh look at what God has done, we too can recover the wonder of Christmas. This Christmas, take time to look at what happened, to think over the meaning and, and rediscover the wonder You'll miss the whole meaning if you don't. Too many people today remind me of a story about a little boy who had always wanted to go to a circus. One day he was walking down the street when he saw a poster in his store window. The poster said that a circus was coming to town and that a ticket to the circus cost one dollar. The boy ran home and asked his father if he would give him a dollar to go to the circus on Saturday. His father told him that if he would work hard, get all his chores done, he would give him a dollar to go to the circus. Saturday morning came, and the boy got up early and did all his chores. And he came to his dad, I have done all my chores, he told his dad. The boy's father gave him a dollar, and the boy headed into town, filled with excitement about seeing wild animals and trapeze artists and all the things that come with a circus. Since he arrived in town so early, he was on the front row when the circus parade started down the main street of town. The boy was thrilled with the animals and other circus acts paraded by. At the end of the parade, came the clowns, and following the clowns was the ringmaster. When the ringmaster passed by where the boy was standing, he ran out into the street, took his folded dollar from his pocket, and handed it to the ringmaster. Thanks, mister, said the boy. That was a great circus. Then he turned around and walked home. He never knew what he had missed. He thought he had been to the circus, but he had only been to the parade. If we are not careful, we can be like that little boy. We can get so caught up in the celebration and the decorations and the gifts that we miss the real Christmas celebration, the, the birthday of our Savior Jesus Christ. You know, Kodak used to have the slogan, the gift that keeps on giving. And I, I guess probably that just meant that, you know, throughout this lifetime, if you had a Kodak, you would be able to use it over and over. It was the gift that kept on giving. But God's gift is his own son, and it is a gift that keeps on giving through eternity. You can have that gift for your very own if you confess your sins to Jesus Christ and repent and let him change your life. 
you can have the gift that keeps on giving, not only in this lifetime, but through all eternity. And that's what I want you to do this Christmas season, is to realize what Christmas is all about. It's not the things that the commercial world has said. It's not, you know, the things that, that keep us so busy and, and we buy things because we feel obligated we have to and we receive gifts that we don't even really appreciate. It's a time when we ought to stop and realize the importance that God saw in sending his son Jesus Christ to be our Savior, to forgive us of our sins when we repent, and to allow us to be part of his family with the hope and joy of knowing we'll be with him for all eternity. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, what better time is there than right now to find Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Confess your sins to him and begin to live for him and enjoy what Christmas really means. Let's pray. Father, I would pray that you help each one that's listening to realize that you loved us so much, not only as a group, but as individuals, that you sent Jesus Christ into the world to take our sins upon himself and to die in our place because the wages of sin is death. But we all had sin and we couldn't pay that price. He had no sin and was able to pay that price for us. And so the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I pray God each one of us will take advantage of what you've done to save us from a devil's hell for eternity and give us a place to live with you forever. We love you. We want to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want to get in touch with me, remember my email address is R-E-V-W-M-W-W-O-O-D-S at gmail.com. And my mailing address is Box 4031, Sun Valley, Arizona, 86029. Well, Merry Christmas. I hope you don't miss the meaning. I hope that as we get on to the Christmas uh, celebration next week, It'll be a very real wonderful time for you as you realize Jesus Christ came into this world to save you from sin. God bless you.